welcome to Two Dads Against the World, where we take on the funny world we live in, one diaper change, one soccer practice, one homework assignment at a time. We will rant, we will laugh, and maybe we will eventually learn something, but no guarantees. Scotty, how are you doing? Alvin, doing good, man. I'm excited about this show. Like, I, I had a good week, and I was like pumped about it, and like it's someone famous. <laughs> well, well. More Jordy, Jordy, you're, you're, you're way more famous than us. So therefore, oh, you're super famous because like we're kind of a big deal, but then you're like that upper big deal. Like it's... We're big deal at about yay level. Just, just yeah, that's like at Starbucks, high. people would be like, we don't even know who you are, but you got good hair. Like we're right yeah. there, and we're then right there's there. and then there's Jordy. Yeah, Jordy. Yeah, so, it's so just... nice to meet you, Jordy. Thanks for taking the time to be on our show and and telling us a little bit about yourself. And I'll I'll let Eldon kind of go into introducing you a little bit more because I didn't have a lot of time to read your bio. Because kids? Because I was homeschooling today. It was uh, day one of homeschooling. And I was, uh, I, I, I crushed it. I nailed it. It was good. Stayed sober the whole day. Good for you. Um, yep. Scott, uh, can you can you come a little closer to the camera and check your eyes? Yeah, no. Here, no, I want to see. Come on. Yep. Confirmed. He's good, guys. He's good. <laughs> well, before we introduce Jordy, as he will bring him on the screen if you're watching this on YouTube, um, let's first thank our title sponsorship, Johnson's Wood Floors Incorporated. Look at that. If you, you're so jealous. So, and that's a nice hat. It is such a dope hat. It, Does like, it breathe well? So you're doing, Oh, yeah. Oh, it's a mesh back. Look at mesh back. It's so you stay back. cool. It's a Always mesh back. Calm. Yopong. Yopong. What? Yopong, it's 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 a brand, it's a thing, it's it's a type of hat. They're so uh, cool. they're good hats. Yeah, I know. Okay, I believe you. Yeah. Kind of a well, big deal. So what do they do, Scott? What does Johnson's Wood Floor do for the people? You know what? Johnson's Wood Floor is an expert hardwood, vinyl plank, laminate flooring installer expert in Edmonton and area. Well, and a good over. guy. Chris yeah. is a good guy. And just a solid dude. Just mm-hmm. a solid dude. Yeah. So we want to Father thank them of for girls. helping us out. How many? What? How many? Father of girls. Two girls. Father. Maybe Sneaks. more. Who knows? Well, you know, but I think that's... he was like me. He kind of figured out what caused that. Hmm. You know what? Though, for once, we actually have something that's different. We have somebody that gives us another perspective. Because I have all girls. You have all girls. Chris is out. Has all girls. But our guest today is Jordy. Let me tell you a little bit about him. First off, he's a father of three boys. Not oh. boys. They're young men. How easy was that for you? <laughs> Don't answer that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here's something. Why we brought him in. First off, what people need to know is uh, he's almost, do we qualify him as a renaissance man? I sure. would say so from what you've been telling me. Yeah, that's a total renaissance man type category. Yeah, you know sure. Zerba though. He's no Zerba. He's not a Zerba, but he's up there. So listen to this, guys. He's a teacher. He's done counseling. He's good at that. He's an NHL off-ice official. He has been with – he's been to the Calgary Olympics as a torch relay guy. Participant, runner, something. Bearer. Is that the official title? No. He scooted from one place to another with a flame in his hand. Try to do that, people. He's done lifeguarding. 
He's a veteran speaker. He's fully credentialed. Also, as a pastor, he's done a few things, people. Jordy, welcome to the show. Yeah, it's great to be here. Been waiting for this. Did I, I'm, ner- you want- I'm nervous. You guys look good. You have more hair than I do. You're happy. But yeah, look how good night. you look. You look sharp. When you when look- I was kind of reading a little bit about you, and I saw like some years on the the, I was like, this is not the guy because I because Eldon be. sent me a text of your picture, and I was like, dude's been putting like. I don't know, like unborn feces on his face or something like that. Cause I've said, I'm like, he looks great for his age. Like fantastic. I, I thought you were, I thought you were like in your forties, but let's yeah. just say you are in your forties. You look well, good. I don't think anybody would know. Or happy about it. 54, not feeling like 54, but that's feeling good. younger, feeling younger, good. loving life. Cause I don't not, feel, not I don't get, feel my age. Not to get too deep too early, but I think, I think loving your life maybe decreases aging. I'm just, I'm not a scientist, but I'm just putting it out there. Yeah. Put it out there. Yeah. I feel you. It out there. There's yeah. one thing I, I'm going to get to. I'm going to ask you about this because this is very intriguing to me. One thing that you are also, you also have been awarded the medal and certificate of meritus conduct by the governor general in 1981. What does that mean? Let's just start there. Start yeah. there. What is That's that? Cool what tells that story? The hour of stories. Uh, when I was a teenager, so 1981, let's just say teenager, I was part of a, a scout troop, actually, in Devon, Alberta. And that's where I grew up most of my life. Okay. And uh, we were on some type of a wilderness trip. Uh, and we were crossing uh, in Bragg Creek, just near Calgary, west of Calgary. Familiar. Familiar, yeah. We were crossing a little bridge and we looked down to our left and there was a Jeep in the river and the cold, of course, mountain water was coming right over. And yeah. uh, there were a couple of guys in there that uh, let's just say weren't that had enjoyed themselves before they went behind the wheel. And uh, they were actually not doing well. They were yeah. uh, really cold like just about dying cold. And uh, so anyways, we did this whole rescue thing. We got them out and there was no authorities around. We just, we're just teenage guys um, saving these guys. So somebody somehow uh, phoned it in somewhere. I don't know how you do that, but we got notification that uh, they were flying us to Ottawa to meet the uh, governor general. And they were awarded our group, uh, the medal for meritorious conduct and the certificate for meritorious conduct. I'm not sure what the difference of those are, but so that medal is, I think, in the Legion, I think, in the Legion, some Legion somewhere. So, oh, cool. That was very cool. That was really exciting. 81, 81. That Did was you when... get them out of the water, or were they already out of the water? No, they got... were in the water. Yeah, they're holding them out. They were four by four and through the river, and halfway through, the, the, uh, the Jeep sunk, and the so water this... was coming right through, right over top of them, and they were just about passed out. How far away from the falls? There's a that famous fall, falls in that area. You know, how old was I? 15 or something? So I, I don't remember. I don't remember. But okay. uh, we were, you know, someday I'll go back there. But it was some little bridge, and we just looked off to their left, and uh, hey, there's guys in the river. Coincidence? Probably. Was yeah. that when you were a lifeguard or before? So I would have already been a lifeguard. I, I started like junior lifeguarding when I was 12. That was pretty much – I probably did that up to 12 years you know, mm-hmm. I, I did it professionally after high school. I didn't go to university right away. So uh, I actually, it's not on here on the list anywhere, but I, 
after I lifeguarded my whole teenage years than I lifeguarded professionally at a psychiatric institution in a, in a locked facility, let's just say, and that was an education in and of itself. No kidding. No, no kidding. Enjoyed that as well. Yeah. So your teenager, you've, you've, some people like that's peaking. You got your, your medal certificate at an early age. Uh, and then you kept on going, you kept on moving. Uh, so here's some questions I've got. Like, there's a lot of things I want to know. I'm going to get to this. We're going to go. I need to know. I need to know. How did you get to become an NHL off ice official? Because to me, that, that, all, don't answer that yet. But to me, that's like, who thinks of doing that? That's just people. This other people do that. You're one of those other people. So that's very intriguing to me. But you've also have a very background of just you're just you're just involved with people's lives. Mm-hmm. You're there. You're currently working at a school. You've been in elementary. You've been an elementary stu- a teacher. You've been a youth pastor. You, you've done a, a lot of influence on a lot of people. So to me, it's kind of like officiating. How did you start there? Did you start ref- you refereed? At a pretty young age, when did you start doing that? I started refereeing. Well, obviously, I was a player first, and I realized that wasn't going to go very far. So after I quit playing hockey, band a midget somewhere around there, I started refereeing, which lots of guys do. Uh, that most referees, well, you would be probably not a decent referee if you've never played at all. So sure. most most guys, if they want to stay and they love the game so much, and I do, uh, I just my dad actually my my dad was actually you know, how do I say kind of a NHL referee? Uh, that's a bit overstated, but he, uh, he was actually offered a contract back in 19, the late sixties to referee in the NHL. And that's a whole different story. But so, I mean, I, I, my brother was a quality hockey player. He actually got a hockey scholarship, uh, right out of grade 12 at, at Yale university down in New Haven, Connecticut. And he played for Yale for four years. And uh, yeah. so Pretty decent, pretty crazy hockey family. Uh, mm-hmm. We were pretty serious about athletics. Uh, we were pretty serious about community service. My dad would always remind us, you know, like we weren't, um, we weren't, you know, people weren't, uh, don't appear on the planet as for, as an accident. Like I have always believed uh, since I can, as long as I can remember, it was instilled in me, I guess, that, uh, you know, of course I would say, you know, religiously I was created for a purpose and, and, when that was instilled within me, that gave that gave me drive, that gave me that gave me hope, that gave me joy. When things stunk, you know, it kind of gives you the gas to go through times when, mm-hmm. if, you ha- if you have something going on inside of you that's more eternal. And I don't even necessarily mean that religiously. I just mean, uh, you know, if you met my friends in high school, they would tell you Maxwell in, in human terms. I'd say, you know, that guy Jordy was driven, like Jordy mm-hmm. was type A, Jordy. You know, I, I, I was sitting on the couch, this is many years later, married for 10 or 15 years. And I just watched some inspirational news clip and that it was some 70 plus year old guy, uh, had a heart attack and, uh, he got a little bit healthy. And the doctor said, if you don't change your life, you're going to have another one. And it's going to be, that's going to be it. And the guy started running soon after that. And he's, by the time the news clip aired, he had run five marathons. So I'm wow. watching this totally inspired. And I'm like, you know what? I don't want to just exist. I want to do something with my life. 
So I looked at my wife, I said, I'm going to run a marathon and she knows me. And right. all she said was, Oh no, <laughs> which means, which means this guy is going to run a marathon. And right. sure enough. Uh, so all I did is I went down to a, a local bookstore and I went to, I asked the lady, I said, where's the fitness section? And I was in decent shape, you know, but not in, I'm not a runner, you know, I'm a hockey guy, which I'll get back to in a second. And uh, so I went down and I literally, she showed me the fitness section. I said, where's the marathon book section? So I had three or four choices. Wait, wait, there's a marathon book section. Well, yeah, there's crazy. a little section, you know, if you want to run a marathon. So oh. I'm, I, all I'm looking for is a chart that tells me what to run every day. That's it. Mm -hmm. I don't even need the whole book. I need one page. If right. I would have had my phone, I would have probably just taken a picture. I literally, I still have the book, bookshelves right over there. And I remember opening up that book and I see a chart and it says, if you want to run a, mar mar a marathon in 17 weeks, it literally was a square grid for seven days for 17 weeks. And there's the marathon date. I, I signed up for a marathon. I worked backwards that schedule and started day one. And sure wow. enough, I ran a marathon. Where you know, was that marathon? That was in Edmonton Marathon. And that was uh, when, it, when they used to have it uh, end of August, I think. I, I just remember it was kind of a nighttime marathon. I was freezing and uh, the finish line was just over the high level bridge coming into the U of A. And I ran for it. All I wanted to do was finish. I didn't care if I walked. I didn't care if I ran. I just wanted to finish, you know. And um, I ran for five hours, 24 minutes, and 25 seconds. And I crossed okay. the finish line, cried my eyes out, and said, and 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 it's, the next thing I said was, I'm going to do that again. And and really? I'm gonna, I'm going to run one more. But my goal this time is to not walk at all. I just, I don't care the time. I just want to run the whole way. My third marathon, if I do a third one, is uh, that I want to worry about my time. So that's just an illustration. It's just an illustration of what happens to somebody when they feel like they weren't, they didn't just evolve into kind of some guy to exist and pay a bill. Like I, I, I've never lived like that. And I don't, I don't even, to be totally honest with you, I don't even think it was my dad instilling purpose in me, you know, cosmic purpose, if you will. I don't think it was that. I think I had that even before something, I, something that's like ingrained in you that I existed for a reason, you know, and sometimes, you know, different books call it different things, but I feel like I had a calling even before I knew I had a calling and I could talk a lot about that, but right. You know, I'll let you. And that, that, so that, I mean, all of that led me, how did I get there from marathon example to back to refereeing at 12 years old? I started, is that same thing carried through? Like I actually got on the ice as a referee for more than, hey, I just want to make a few bucks, which is the typical reason. Of course, wouldn't, wouldn't any teenage guy just say, "I want to make a few bucks"? I did. I, yeah. I did that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you don't want to go through that kind of. You know, it's rough for these young guys. My boys tried it, and and they really didn't like it. You know, now they're lifeguards. Funny how that works, <laughs> but. You know, they they didn't like getting yelled at and they've been raised to be respectful to adults and all that kind of stuff. So they thought it was kind of a weird thing that this person that they're supposed to be looking up to is kind of being quite mean. Yeah, and, right. And, and they might have made a bad call, but hey, I'm 12. <laughs> like, I'm 12. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? Hey, I missed that tripping. I'm sorry. Like, you're going to make me cry if you keep yelling at me. You know, like, so they, yeah. were, they were done. Like, they did it one year. We spent all the money on uniforms and whistles and now they just collect dust now you know so right. that 
that kind of calling before I could even call it calling made me pursue officiating pretty seriously. And, uh, I refereed at a pretty decent level, junior A, a university mate. You know, I did that for, I was actually refereeing a referee, not a linesman. I was a referee in junior A hockey when I was junior age. Like when I was 19, I was a referee could, in junior A hockey. That's that kind of that, been that easy. Would, yeah. That would have yeah. been tough. eh? Yeah. That so, would have been tough. Yeah. So, so so what do you, okay, you're, you're junior, you're junior, I, junior A, you're at the same age. You got these kids being hockey players. Like there's, they can't fault them. Like they're passionate. They're getting at it. You come in there, same age, but you're in charge. Was there, how many times were there like, shut up, shut up, shut up Maxwell or shut up, whatever, probably more than that. Was it, was it pretty, how did you handle that? You know, obviously, you know, refereeing for as long as I have, you know, I could, I, I've gone through everything. I've had police escorts, like the whole thing. But on the other hand, I say, I haven't had very many of those. I've had a really, really good run, like a really good run. I enjoyed officiating. I still do it. And I, I love it. It's way more than exercise, way more than making a few bucks. It is, uh, again, back to this kind of cosmic purpose. I think I didn't get hassled a lot for lots of reasons we can get into, you know, how do you officiate a hockey game? But, um, you know, I, I did the little things. First of all, I was very early to the game. Like if we want to do this list, we can, you know, it's just the basic kind of how to be a man kind of things, how to be a woman kind of things. You know, I was early, I dressed up, I was in decent shape. I was a nice guy. I knew my rules backwards. I always got very, very good on my tests, a couple of wrong. And it made me mad. So I studied, didn't get them wrong the second time, you know? I was kind of known for um, knowing that. Being thorough. and yeah. yeah. You know, it's like, you know, we're at some clinic and we're all learning stuff. I'm like, okay, Max, so what's the answer? You know, that kind of <laughs> That guy. And, oh, you were that guy. Yeah, yeah. I like that yeah. guy. Yeah. I, re- I rather that I guy than the question I usually sit next to that guy before test. I usually find that guy. I sit next to that yeah. guy. <laughs> and my dad, you know, because, again, he was an old uh, official. Uh, you know, this is, a, this is a dad podcast, so I can say this. You know, we were, he would say. The rule book is on the toilet. That's what you read when you're sitting down. That's what you read. Perfect. And that's the actual truth. For I don't know how many years of my life, I would open the rule book when I sat in the toilet. You know? And I would go through that, underline it, highlight it, like I knew that thing. So after a while, the coaches, they they respect you for being a respectable person. And, you know, there are some officials in all sports that you know i don't know why they don't get it but within a couple of minutes they're already irritating to everybody <laughs> how they carry themselves or like there's where there's no shortage of stories of irritating officials right. and sometimes when i watch that i i mean i used to be the coordinator of supervisions for the whole northern alberta and uh, so to go to hockey games and to watch some officials i would sometimes wonder why do they want to put themselves through this? They're actually causing people to be grumpy by what they're doing. Right. You know? And, you know, instead of, and, you know, how does that connect into kind of a greater purpose for me? I actually think, sure. I did the little things being early dressing up, you know, and I was in great shape. I, I, I remember I was doing a St. Albert Saints. It used to be St. Albert Saints. I guess there's Spruce Grove Saints now, but I was doing a St. Albert Saints Sherwood Park Crusader playoff game in old Akinsdale arena, like Mark Messier land. And uh, I, it was packed house, so exciting. There's people mm-hmm. everywhere. 
and I couldn't wait to get there. Well, we went to overtime and I knew that my dad always said, if you have the proper pregame meal, you'll be a little bit hungry right before the game ends. If you time it right. Right. Because right. you can't be too full or you can't skate. You can't have nothing in you because you'll die. You know what I mean? In energy, right? And my pregame meal was always, I'm, I'm not superstitious, but maybe I am in this one case. <laughs> I always had, uh, my mom would can uh, peaches. Yeah. So I always had canned peaches and two pieces of toast with butter. Oof. That was my pregame meal. My dad always thought it wasn't enough protein, but nevertheless, I flew. Well, we hit overtime. And I remember going into the dressing room and saying, okay, we're going overtime. It's playoffs. This is a very exciting. And I remember so, go, saying to myself and to the crew, I said, I want to, let's go. I want to get out there. Ice, resurface the ice, let's go. In other words, I wasn't dying. I could go another period, right? Right. So they knew that you did the little things, which are big things. Knowing your rules, be a nice guy, skate your butt off, you know. And officiating, we talk about selling the call sometimes. Well, it was a very big deal for me when the puck's at the net, I'm at the net. It's just simple. Did you, you, know, how, did you, did you learn that from somebody? Me? What's that? Did you learn that from somebody? Is that some, somebody you saw somebody else do that? You're like, you know, that's the way to do it. Or is it like you just naturally adopted that, that practice? Well, hmm. uh, remember my dad was, you know, there's actually, you could look it up on the internet. My dad is on the front cover. There's a book called uh, about NHL referees called black and white and never right by Vern Buffy, who's a hall of fame NHL referee. And my dad's actually on the front cover of that book oh, you know, that's when, cool. he was in, when he was in his NHL training camp. But uh, so my dad, you know, it may be not fair to anybody else, but my dad came to all my games. My dad and I are super tight to this day. And uh, he, I got coaching all the time with my dad, you know, oh, wow. And, so my dad would, you know, as he's watching the game, he was also the lead, uh, in normal language, he'd be the lead trainer for the senior officials in, in the Edmonton. In fact, you know, I remember one guy made it to the NHL. He did he did his first NHL game. His name is Lance Roberts, really good guy. And his, uh, his first game was in Detroit. So he did a Red Wings game. And my dad had kind of trained him and brought him up, and he's from the Edmonton area. Edmonton's actually produced quite a few NHL officials, actually. Yes, naturally. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's a great it's a great place for officiating. Great, great. Anyway, so Lance, I was I was at home for some reason with my my dad, and Lance called my dad late late that night from Detroit in his hotel room, and said, "Hey, Ken, did you see my game? You know, and Dad, mm-hmm. he did he did watch the game. So, you know, life's kind of fun, but you know." officiating is a, is a fabulous experience. It's obviously not for everybody, but it, it really teaches you lots about life. You know? So you're, you're officiating. Do you have any current heroes? No, no. Let me, let me rephrase that. There's been, and I'm going blank on it. Is it Carrie? Guy that had the per, yeah, yeah. The perfect hair. Yeah. Yeah. Who? He's, he, he always, Carrie Fraser. Carrie Fraser. Oh, okay. Okay. Perfect hair in hockey. The best yeah, hair yeah. in hockey, if I will. Plaster. Man, like a reddish brown. Just always every single hair perfectly in place. Probably went through a can of hairspray every single game. No, I take that back. Between every single period. Yeah. It's probably reapply. A, reapply. You got to re- select that thing. Well, if you had to keep up to players like McDavid nowadays, like you need to make sure that shit stays in place. Keep it in like, place. That kid moves. I- I liked him not only because of his hair, fantastic hair, but I always liked watching his game. That's a nice quilt. 
<laughs> so just a second, just a second. I'm going somewhere to get a picture. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm we'll be, no, we'll like, keep talking. Just, you you go. You go. We'll like, keep I'm talking. not even I'm not even ten seconds away here. He had can pants you still on hear me? Can you can you imagine if he wasn't wearing pants? pants? Just then? Oh my word. Like yeah. he, he just like he just forgot that it was like he was on a live podcast. Camera and down, just like got up, blanket off, and just like oh oh, just just like that coffee commercial. Oh so. look at that! Look at this family photo. No, look at that. Okay, so, so that's Ray, me. Yeah, and, it's Ian. And the shorter referee on is it your right or your left? The shortest uh, one was on my right. The shortest one was on the, the right. right yeah. back, that's Kerry Fraser. You got Kerry Fraser's on the right. Look at that! Oh wow! Look at that and people. That's me with hair. Look at all your hair, Jordy. You oh, got just golden locks. There it is. That was look, nice. Look at that's that. what I had to go get. Was it worth it? Yeah, of oh, course it for was. sure, man. Thank you. I got to get my quilt now. It's freezing that's, down in my basement. That's that sounds like a basement problem. Basement you got to you got to do what he what uh, what Scott's doing. He's going in the basement, put a thousand heaters in there. Scott's Don't worry about electrical bill or the environment. Don't worry about it. Um, Scott's background's made up. It's yeah. pretend, it's, pretend it's manly. It's it's a matte finished paint job in the background. It's not real. This tubers. is actually one of those programs you can just put behind you. This is what I picked. <laughs> right. I actually yeah. don't own any of this shit. No, <laughs> I think you had one baseball bat in the background. That's about it. Yeah. You, know, you got to yeah. look for it. This is the best thing I could find on Pinterest. <laughs> you know, Scott in his Pinterest, he's got all all of his fashions, the backgrounds, cooking cookware. I get all You're... my tips from Kathy. Yeah. <laughs> Kathy, what you don't know, Jordy doesn't listen to our show like everybody else does. What? Every, yeah, he doesn't know who Kathy is. Damn it, Jordy! I, I didn't know you had a thing. show until a week ago. Yeah, he thought it was even with somebody else. Thanks, Jordy. Yeah. That's okay. We're, we're pretty new. It's all right. It's, we don't do this for. Uh, we do this for the audience, but also we do this just for the sell, for the sake of visiting because you know COVID. Um. Yeah, we haven't seen each other since. Would have been almost a year and a half now. So, well, except for on this show, but anyways, I digress. Kathy, who Kathy is. Kathy is the next level Karen that we talk about. You know, the Karen memes like, oh, Karen. It's a cliche. It's a cliche. Kathy's our cliche, but she's worse than Karen. Yeah, she's. But also my wife's name, Karen, so we can't use Karen. Yeah, but I kind of want to. I know. Sometimes it works. My wife loves me, but I think she also hates me. Just mad like, respect is probably a better way of putting it. Mad respect. I like that. It's patent pen, that shit. That's a good line. Yes. Mad respect. Yeah. Because that can go either way. Yes. That's like when people ask me, how you doing, Scott? And I say, unbelievable. Be bad. That can really go either yeah. way. You can you can add to that. You can. But anyways, I digress. Thanks for that picture. So, Carrie, you can't really just be a fan of him because you're like a colleague almost. So how did, did you guys knew each other? Did you guys train together? How did you? So I, every summer I would go to, for many summers, I would go to the Western Hockey League School of Officiating, the WHL School of Officiating in Calgary. And um, a handful of the NHL, current NHL officiating staff would come to Calgary and spend the week with us, train us and uh, mentor us. And That's fantastic. Fine tune us. So yeah, that's how I got to know. That's how I got to know Carrie. He's my favorite. Well, yeah. after you, Jordy, of course. Okay. Highly respect <laughs> that man. Is yeah. there an official on the ice nowadays like uh, that has a, a, a real um, colorful personality and a way to just kind of tease the players a bit that maybe we don't see as 
Don't name them, but like, yeah, you don't have to name them for sure. But are there officials? Like, I I can't remember the names. That there, there's a couple of soccer refs. Uh, uh, they're in Premier League, I think. I think they're in the Premier League. Are we actually talking that, soccer? That really have a uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah okay, yeah. It's, right. it's a it's the beautiful game. It's not sure. these freaking goddamn hooligans with sticks. Okay. Not but, that they um, fall down on no, no reason. Just a little butterfly flew by. Oh no, hey, I'm injured. When you tell them about selling a call, they sell the shit out of a call. They, 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 I think. Them. I think actually, when you when you get to Premier League soccer, there's actually a class or there's a, acting class. Yeah. yeah, there's like an acting class that you yeah. must take. Yeah. You know, because none of that stuff flew while you were like 18, like U18, U19. It's just like all of a sudden you get a Premier League and it's like, okay, you guys, okay, listen. This is Hanzo. Hanzo's going to teach you how to fall down. Don't matter if if some guy is three meters or close to you, you just fall down. Okay? You fall down, the referee going to make a card. He's going to get the yellow card. Okay? 20, circles, 20 circles. 20 circles. 20 circles. But there's 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 those officials. I can't remember his name. God, he's so funny because he'll be on the mic sometimes, and there's just some some shit he says, and it's just great. Like, like the players know that he's just joking with them, right? But he makes it so obvious, and he just brings a little bit of a laugh that hey, you messed up, but let's just bring a little bit of laugh to this, okay? And we'll move on, okay? But is are there are there some guys that have you noticed that have really kind of got that touch with people that are that can just you know. Although it's a tough, tough call, even if something could be just a little bit wrong, because officiating is a hard thing to do. Like, I would like, don't get me wrong. Like, I train uh, girls soccer, and 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 there's no one more aggressive at refs than girls. I find they they have no problem, and I think that that's just a it just leads into life a little bit, right? Because they know they're going to be wives and they're going to be yelling at men their whole lives. So I think they start somewhere. But it's, it's, it's soccer. I, I always That's tell, I always brother. try and tell the girls that you know what, good or bad, you're gonna make some mistakes, just like you do as a player on the field. The ref is not gonna be able to see everything, and once the ref makes his call, it's not the end of the world. This isn't the end of your life. This is what's gonna happen. Just let them be, because in our level of soccer, it's normally youth that are are refereeing. Right? These are people under the age of eighteen most of the time. Most of the time, it's sixteen year old girls and boys that, that want to make a few bucks and that love playing soccer and they want to get into this and and they get treated so poorly and it's mainly by parents and I don't know if you found that in hockey was it the same way in hockey where the parents were really hard on you as opposed to the players because the players probably were just like yeah it sucks I'm going to the penalty box whatever they actually it's it's kind of a very interesting concept officiating sports uh, and the the fancy term there's actually a book called the art of officiating sports and yeah, I would read something like that by That's Dr. Cool. John W Bunn and he talks about a concept called um, potential of presence and this is and I won't talk about this too long but it's 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 kind of a neat life concept as well and can apply to parenting or just being a, a you know a man uh, in the case of this podcast and potential presence means if there's influence, you know you've kind of reached a very good state if the influence is happening without you even doing anything. So, for example, yeah. I'll, I'll illustrate I like that. that. And how that comes primarily is lots of different ways. You know, uh, um, Scott, I'll address your kind of first question as a tandem here for one second, but about, uh, you know, are there guys that are kind of fun on the ice? And yeah, there's you know i see all kinds of personalities just like there is in life there's there's i would suggest generally speaking the 
highest level of guys and you'll see the guys that are highest level because they'll go all the way to the Stanley Cup finals. You know, as okay. as hockey moves on from yeah. regular season. Now, let's not count this year because this has been wild. Yeah, we've, for sure. We've had to separate the borders, etc. So we're seeing the same officials quite often, just like the teams are seeing each other quite often. Yeah. But in a normal year, you know, the, the guys that have been rated the best, um, and, I, and I don't know totally the ins and outs of that, because uh, obviously that's private stuff, but uh, they'll, generally speaking, you're going to see the best guys all the way to the end. Mm-hmm. You know? And those guys, again, generally speaking, it's uh, there's the science of sports officiating, as in a tripping's a tripping, which actually mm-hmm. is totally true, but that's where fans start to get mad. But mm-hmm. I'll just, for, for sake of spending lots of time on this one there is the science so a tripping is this you know uh, or a charge for example the rule book says if you take more than two steps or strides to check an opponent that's a charge or if you're going to body check someone and you leave the ice to body check them as soon as you're an inch up or more you know really it's a millimeter or more uh, that's charging okay mm-hmm. so that's the science anybody can learn that in the rule book mm-hmm. and that's not even the best referees have the art of sports officiating they know how to talk they know when to joke they know how to be personal you know and again nhl is a these guys have mortgages and they have families and wives and kids it's a job they know they know each other very well they do celebrity ball tournaments in the summer yeah so the guys that are really well respected it's first name basis you know hi connor how's your Mm -hmm. night going you know and uh you know obviously even last night you know i'm there and there's no fans there but i'm there and I'm seeing what's going on when there's commercial timeouts. You know, we mm-hmm. typically have three commercial timeouts uh, per period. Right. First, first stoppage after 14, 10, and 6. <laughs> and, and I see what's going on. Well, with most of the guys, because most of the guys are, like, these are the best in the world. I mean, you know, yeah. I sometimes will, you know, walk it's the It's 1% street of the 1%. Them. Yeah. And, you know, you'll, you'll people so easily say, that was a brutal game, but I talk about officiating. They have... They're forgetting. I was going to say they have no idea. They're forgetting. These are the best of the best. If you go to World Hockey Championships, the NHL guys are way above. If you see the rest of the world, no, that's a pretty blanket statement, of course. There's some pretty amazing guys around the world. Sure, sure. Just generally speaking, our guys are amazing. And I'm just saying, in part, because they have the art. And what I mean by potential of presence is there's all the kind of good personality, not grumpy, nice guys. Uh, they work hard, dress nice, all that stuff that we talked about earlier. But the biggest one is they're consistent. So I'll give you an example. By the way, consistently bad is better than inconsistent. Mm. Inconsistent. I agree. A I agree. A coach, a coach cannot read a referee if he just picks and chooses. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Gotcha. So obviously, consistently good is the best. Consistently bad, second, and inconsistent is the worst. Yeah. So. So let's just say, let's say, for example, I mean, I'll give you a real one for me when I used to manage, when I, you know, when I go on the ice and manage a hockey game, um, I'm pretty sticky about when the goalie covers the puck with his glove, don't touch him. Do not, oh, if the whistle hasn't gone, do, I don't care because it's going like the whistles come into my mouth. You got, mm-hmm. it takes me half a second. Give me a break. Right? Do not. <laughs> well, if I call it, so what'll happen is a goalie will cover it say within the first two or three minutes of the game, obviously. And now here's the benefit of working a league regularly. They'll already know when I walk in the arena, 
that they're not to do that. They already yeah. know that. Yeah, but they know the kind of ref you are. They're like, there's Maxwell. Yeah. Uh, hey, Jordy, how's it going? They already know. The coach might even, again, if I'm readable, which means if I'm consistent, mm-hmm. he will, a good coach, I, I suggest, would say, guys, it's Maxwell. Mm-hmm. Do not touch the goalie because you know mm-hmm. what happens. Okay. Yeah, right. Now, what, what's cool about that? And this is where, and then I'll end with this on the potential presence, because it can happen in parenting, it can happen in friendships. If you're consistent and do all those other things, pretty soon, the, you know, everyone's going to know you don't touch the goalie when he covers the puck. Okay. Because mm-hmm. we all know you, that's how you get brawls and then everyone's happy, you know. Yay, big game. So the first time he touches it, I call it. If the coach doesn't know me, he might say, man, that was light. Like this isn't peewees. Mm-hmm. And, and I've had that. I've had that. And I, I'll, I'll go to him and I'll say, okay, you might be right. You totally might be right. That was, but tonight, do not touch the goalie. I'm just saying. And sir, I will call it down the other side. hundred On your guy, that ain't happened. I will protect him. Your goalie's not getting hurt tonight. Yeah. Okay? Right. So now, because now, I've only called one. So we don't know if I'm consistent or not. Well, holy cow. The next time someone even breathes on that that goal mitt, I better call something, right? Can you imagine mm-hmm. if I don't? Can you imagine if I don't, right? Mm-hmm. So here's what happens. I call the first one. They might go, oh, it's a little light. Uh, and But they're like, they kind of wake up. They're like, who? Coach might not say anything because I haven't done, I haven't, I haven't uh, established a pattern yet. So coach might, he just might be annoyed that I call the light call. Mm-hmm. But if I call the second one, whether it's on the same goalie or down the other end, the second time they barely touch the goalie's mitt, the coach is going to go, guys, 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 do not. Yeah, yeah. Now, as soon as you do that, as soon as the coach is refereeing his kids or his men, whatever, his ladies, you have reached potential of presence. I am now influencing the game without doing anything. Yeah. And it's when that happens, people leave the arena and they have no idea who refereed. They they didn't even see the guy. Mm -hmm. Like who refereed? I have no idea. But if somebody's inconsistent, grumpy, ignorant, lippy, slob, looks like a slob out of shape, all that stuff that doesn't help people gain respect, sure. they know who the guy is. Yeah. They totally know. They know his first and last name. They probably know where he lives. Yeah. Oh, we got this guy again. Awesome. It's, yeah, it's like that old saying, uh, who you are, speak so loudly, you didn't have to say anything. Or yeah. Something like that. That's you know? Wow. You know, so that how does that apply in life? You know, consistency, consistency with your kids, consistency with your spouse can just being, yeah. you know, sometimes it's doing not, it's just doing a, like be at work early. Like, don't mm-hmm. be the late guy. Don't be the late guy. Like I'm yeah. not even talking. My dad always used to say, Hey, leave, leave time for a flat tire. You know you what? Should. That's, that's great advice. I'm going to make sure I teach my girls that that's great advice. I love that analogy. Cause I drive for a living. I love that analogy. Thank you. Yeah, they, they, but it's the most simplest thing. I, I actually think, you know, my, my boys, uh, they're lifeguards, you know, uh, in the county that I live. And uh, it's pretty difficult to get a lifeguarding position in this county. It mm-hmm. just is. And, you well, know, they, they got have, the best facilities. Uh, you're in, are you in Sherwood Park? I'm Sherwood Park, yeah. yeah. You're in Sherwood Park, yeah. You guys have got the top notch besides, I would say, St. Albert. Probably, yeah, yeah. top notch. Did you just in, go there? Did you just Alberta. compare Sherwood Park to St. Albert? That's dangerous in our neck of the woods oh oh okay sorry i mean we're okay we're okay 
It's just Sherpark Park versus St. Albert. I'm just saying. Some guy rolling careful. up in his Hyundai Palisade or something. I, hey. I, 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 <laughs> don't, yeah. You know, back back to hockey, you really did see the Sherpark Park St. Albert rival. Oh, for sure. That's a big one for sure, right? Hockey game. Ooh. What about what about Leduc? See, I I, uh, I graduated in Leduc, and uh, the Riggers were a big thing then uh, when I was in high school. We had a lot of guys that uh, went pretty far. Riggers is junior B, isn't it? Oh, okay. Then there's something else. Oil Kings. Oilers or the Flames. I don't think, I don't think Leduc can maybe just okay. stick to hockey, Scott. Or just to soccer. Just, just, soccer. just, just say you're a soccer guy. It's okay. I can't remember. You're the you love the Oilers and you like soccer. Just you guys are remembering stuff in the sixties. I can't remember stuff in two thousand. I wasn't born in the 60s. How old do you think I am, Scott? You keep on screwing that up. One year, I'm one time, one show, I'm 30. One show, Just I'm 60. Just don't one... shit me. You have not <laughs> aged a day in the 20 years we've known each other, okay? So don't, I, you could Besides, be 100. I have no you idea. You don't know. I know. I'm you could have went to Taj Mama and got some sort of like youth spell on you. It's all of that like serum you. I put on my face, man. Look at Jordy. Like, Jordy's got a complexion of like some sort of like mystic maj, like. It's it's incredible. I'm 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 baffled by it actually. It's all the lighting. What do you do, a, Jordy? What's your secret? It's the, it's the extra lighting from the, from uh, Rexall Place. No, sorry, Rogers. Oh, Rogers. Yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't get a drug like, company mixed up. Plans. That would have been way worse. Oh, uh, you would have said the Coliseum. You would have been cooler. It's true. That's true. That was I. That was an interesting place. Yeah, I love the Coliseum. Do you know what I love? I love Kalani sports. We know Kalani, you do. Yeah, Kalani's because you know what? I don't even get the name right. It's what is it, Scott? It's Kailani. Kalani. You know what? One of these days, they're just gonna call and be like, "You guys are fucking terrible at this." It's Kalani. 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 It's Kalani it's, sports. It's, it's there. It's in the lettering. It's how. Well, and, I'm not. And very they're gonna be like, "Can you reading. talk to Alden? Can you talk to Alden about this?" Okay, can't I'm help giving you. This. I'm giving you and your listeners 10 percent off if you just click the link in Dad Mind. You get 10 percent off all my coolers, but you can't even pronounce the name of my company. God, can I get 10 yeah. percent off off of the accessories too? Because I like that. Well, I don't even know what accessories are like. Not purses. We know that much. Yeah, it must be just like add-ons here. To your, what, maybe to your coolers? Satchels to the coolers? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. You know what they are? Kalani Sports does have quality coolers for everything that you think of from all different sizes. If you want durability, if you want fantastic product, if you want Canadian, you buy Kalani Sports. Skip the other guys that are over, overpriced. And Designed here. 10%. Designed here. Designed right here. The spirit of Aloha. Isn't that cool? I like that. I like, I that. like that too. Did so you like, see the did you see the new uh the new bottle offering from Hanson Distillery? I did. Did you see that that you, Instagram post? I I forwarded did, it. I like did, I did, shared yeah. it. Did that did that share go through properly cuz I'm kind of I suck at all of that Can sharing it, stuff. Did you did you see that they they liked our post about the last podcast? No. Yeah, they they're following us now. Oh, there Big you times. go. See? Big, Big times. times. Anyway, the, the guy that sports. made that video, and yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Ryland, he made that video. You got to meet that guy. If you ever get a chance to go to the distillery, you're buying some stuff there. He He's taken COVID as a time of like, like he, he's such a, he's such a smart guy. He's such a great guy. Very creative. He's the guy that does all the, the, the really 
great stuff with their mixology um, uh, uh, program that they have there. And he also inspires a lot of the, um, uh, the spirits that they have there, like, like the new one that they just brought out. That's, I don't want to say it, but it's more of a uh, Malibu flavored uh, spirit, right? So you've got some uh, coconut and pineapple oh. and uh, just very tropical. But the video that he posted on Instagram, I like, I had to, I had to comment on it. I was like, dude, this is the best alcohol commercial I've ever seen. <laughs> How he does that stuff is so crazy. Like I, I, oh, sorry. Well, hit, well hit, when COVID's over, here. no, when we're allowed to go visit, we'll go when we can see each other in oh. person. Oh, they're 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 waiting for us. By the way, we're we're gonna go down there. No, but mm-hmm. just just one last thing though, Scott. For us, like you said, go to Dad Mind to go to Kalani Sports. Get your ten percent off. Don't forget. Yeah. At checkout, use two dads ATW. So two dads ATW to get your ten percent off of yeah. your purchase. Don't go pay full price somewhere. Don't be. Don't the- do it. I mean, go look at them if you have. I pity to. the fool. Pay the full price. Come through us. We'll help you out. We're just brothers. We'll help you out. Anyways, back to you, Jordy. <laughs> okay, I got some questions, though. I got some questions. Scott, you got some questions? Jordy, I didn't have very good questions. You've had some great questions. I appreciate your questions. I've learned lots already so far. But I want to learn some more. And this is what I want to know. So officiating, it's in your blood. It's in your part of your DNA. You're, Jordy, you're, you have this way of thinking about people and who you're around that is that is more than just telling people things or more than just more than just explaining something there's something to you that is more about there's a genuineness about how you go about who you are that makes people want to think about their own lives in a different way so you should be like a self-help speaker when's the like book you really got that about you jordy hey yeah where's the Elvin? book you know where's we'll help you book? go write it we'll ask you jordy, questions you write yeah, it now we'll be there can we be on the back page something like yeah we'll do the page? we'll do the back page hey this Duck is, lips. he would never do that ever I would never like, honestly no one would buy the book <laughs> I, got, I got a bit of adhd like for me to actually sit down and write a book just feels pressure to me i would rather and this is why i'm doing this is i would rather sit with a bunch of guys and talk about now I'd have to talk about for me to, if I just thought of myself, you know, like we always do. Uh, if, if I had to enjoy myself, I'd have to talk about something meaningful. I could not do a Friday night or whatever evening and just talk about kind of temporal nothingness garbage. I, 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 for me to kind of get through stuff, I have to, I have to be able to tag in, like I said earlier, I have to be able to have some bigger meaning to it. You know, I'm going to give you an example. One of purpose, one of the things that I have done in my life, I spent a year working uh, at the airport uh, uh, for Air oh. Canada. Great company. Oh, cool. What'd you do there? My mom yeah, was, I was there. I was like, I was like a baggage guy. I was, I was the, I, oh. do you know my mom? Uh, yeah, he's no, his mom's known as mom. Scott's mom. Do you know yeah. Scott's mom? You know, mom? What's mom? her name? Mom. Uh, she's that she's that old uh, grouchy girl on the, on the ramp, Mary Nimick. <gasps> you know my mom. Nimick? Yeah, that's yeah. my mom. Just a minute. You know what, Jordy? We probably met. We probably met at a Christmas party. See, I I, I used to bartend pro bono for you guys. Uh, no, I was only there a year, so I didn't go to. I didn't go to. Okay, so you I told you. 
So my mom is a very memorable lady. If you met that bitch, you'd always remember her. No, just a second. Do you have a sister? Yeah, I do. Melissa, yeah. And is she married to Darren? She's married to Darren. Yeah, Darren works at AMA now. Yeah. So he's famous now. And like, yeah, he's got all kinds of AMA videos. Like Darren is more famous than I will ever be in my life. What a small world. Darren actually was my connection to Air Canada. Are you kidding? Really? I'm not not kidding you. Yeah. Yeah. Darren, Darren is the connection to most people in this area to everyone. I would say that my brother-in-law, Darren, is a networking genius guru. He really loves to connect people with people and needs with needs. He has a great passion for that. And, and, and um, he comes from a great family. Um, you, you guys... I, you know what? I shouldn't say his last name just, just cause, but you know, just great, great peoples. And uh, yeah, just super, super good guy at like networking and, and what do you call those people? People fixers, people fixers. But anyway, that's so funny. So small world. So you worked at air Canada for a year. You yeah. were rampy there tossing bags and taking shit every day. Yeah. Right. It was, yeah. uh, I, and I, I actually thoroughly enjoyed that year, and I, yeah. I, I enjoyed that year uh, f- for a few reasons. I spent, you know, I've spent most of my life, you know, helping people, and so not that Air Canada, you're not helping people, but uh, it was, it was actually kind of weird, you know, when you're kind of doing the pastor thing and the counseling thing, you're, you're kind of, kind of always on, you know, people could call you at kind of any time, and uh, I didn't mind that. I, in fact, I, I, I love it. Now I'm teaching in a school setting, so it's pretty you know, weird to be calling, you know, the school pastor at, you know, midnight kind of thing. But I didn't didn't catch that. So you're officiating and you're teaching at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm never going to say I'm busy. I'm I'm never going to say I'm busy ever again. Ever. (laughs) Yeah. So I'll, you know, I'll finish school and then I'll drive to like, well, except tomorrow, you know, I'm, I have, there's a game tomorrow night, but so I'm home all day and, but I'll be doing all sorts of things to get ready. Anyways, Air Canada for me was was uh, was enjoyable uh, because it was a break, kind of for my soul, for my mind. Not that you don't think there, but I'm just saying it was a weird thing for me to clock out and actually be done work. It seems like such a simple thing, and lots yeah. of people live like that. But I never, my whole professional adult life, I never lived like that. I was kind of always on, and uh, so it really. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, you know, the people that I met there, including your mom, just, uh, you know, she might remember, again, I wasn't there very long, but, uh, I, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't kind of the classic kind of rampy kind of guy. I, first of all, not that they were grumpy, but, and there's some hard days for sure. Yeah. But, but again, the greater purpose for me, uh, and I, and I distinctly remember I had so much joy there and it was hard middle of the, I had the midnight shift for six months, 10 PM to 6 AM. But I met the greatest people. I traveled cheap to some pretty cool places, took my family, yeah. but, but probably the biggest thrill for me was I, I literally, besides the beauty, like I remember when we put all the, you know, the planes to bed, we call it, you know, two thirty, three mm-hmm. o'clock in the morning, yeah. you kind of just get ready to go into the kind of the staff room and chill. But I remember on some beautiful nights where I would be kind of near the runway and no, nothing's going on. Mm-hmm. And I'm just looking out at this field and just go. So that already was cool. Um, 
But probably my favorite, again, I had to make a bigger reason for it to kind of live with joy, was, you know, seeing, just imagine helping out a family go to Hawaii. Like, like it seems so simple to me. Grabbing this little guy's, right. grabbing this little guy's bag and putting it in the plane for him. That's or an right. elderly lady's very nervous about giving me her bag. Yes. And I said, I am going to, my name's Jordy. I am personally going to make sure that this mm-hmm. gets on the plane. You have nothing to worry about. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, young man. You know, like, and she would get on the plane. I remember, you know, as the, I remember I stayed on the, on the tarmac and I talked to this little guy and he got on the plane. I introduced him to the captain, you know, you're not supposed mm-hmm. to do that nowadays, but the captain was an amazing guy and was happy to do that. Well, he's looking out the window waving to me as they're taking off. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. You know, and it's still on the bridge. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, and I still, and I just said, I helped this family spend some time together in Hawaii. That's right. And I said, you know, I, I can do this for a while. This is okay by me, you know? And sometimes working at the airport, it's not even, it's not even those big trips. Sometimes it's those small community trips that, that, uh, that make all the difference. Like, uh, uh, you know, people are in a rush. People are in a panic. Uh, airports are stressful, stressful, stressful places. Um, for most people being on time, being organized, um, it's a difficult thing. Uh, there's not a lot of flexibility. Uh, the plane gets pushed off at this time and this is the way it goes. Uh, and to have that sort of, uh, humanity come with it, like people, people don't like, I feel like people like my mom, she's been with Air Canada now for, for quite a long time. I feel like they don't get enough props for what they do. Um, you know, it doesn't matter if it's 45 below wind blowing. And if you know, Jordy, when the wind blows near an aircraft yeah. and if it's 80 K winds, it's 160. If you're anywhere near that fuselage, it's just the wind, how it, it whips and carries. Yeah. And it's, it's, absolutely it's dangerous winds it's and when you're in a belly of a plane you know being the whatever you want to call it belly monkey whatever you want to call it the huffing bags and stacking them nicely and and making sure everyone's stuff gets on board and then running up you know the stairs to make sure you get that last stroller for the family that was really worried and oh my god they're just going to destroy the stroller i'm really this destroyer is going to get don't worry we've got a place for that and you know all those little things you're talking about that yeah. you know i really uh kudos to all the people that are in the airline industry that you know looking after you Absolutely. um there's a million moving parts there that a lot of people don't re- realize when they're paying that ticket and they're going damn it why is it 800 to fly to hawaii well i'll tell you why there's people like jordy and there's people like my mom that take great care of you along the way and they're just one little part of a huge moving machine right well and you know you know let's talk safety just for 10 seconds Mm -hmm. those veterans like your mom they have seen everything 50 times over yeah and i haven't i haven't i'm a rookie i was only there a year and they actually asked me you know because like that was my first kind of blue collar thing i've ever done in my life Mm -hmm. i actually had one air canada guy in the lunchroom after about six months in because I'd sit in my laptop and I do work. I wouldn't watch TV at all. And, 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 and I wasn't, they, some of them knew what I used to do and that kind of, well, I, I was, I had my own table in the back, you know, people started to come sit by me and, and kind of, you know, I just remember one guy said, Hey, you want, my son just kind of left and kind of moved out and didn't go well. And I'm kind of worried about him. Well, I started, you know, I say pastoring, but I started counseling, counseling. Yeah. And, you know, and I actually want to say, I don't want to say that. I want to say I started being a real friend. I started mm. being actually a human. And and that's been, you know, that's been kind of my issue my whole life as I keep kind of coming back to this is that 
I think, I think every one of your listeners, whether they know it or not, again, were made, of course I say created, uh, for a purpose. Uh, we aren't accidents, man. And even if we don't know it, even if we're like in a slump and things aren't going well, all you ask, ask an 80 year old, if they've ever had any valleys in their life, they're going to look at you. I actually have done that. And they look at you like you're the biggest, like, are you seriously asking me this? <laughs> of course, everyone does. Right. Know? Yeah. For but sure. I had the one guy that I'm thinking of, he just actually died. Uh, you know, Dr. Jake Isaac, he just recently passed away. Wonderful man. Right. Uh, him and I had lunch yeah. together. And I, and I said, have you ever had it right after his wife died, like a, quite a few years ago. And so, of course he was in a valley and, and he said, you know, absolutely. But he said, if you're in a valley, that means there's a mountain on the other side. That's a good if, way to look at it. If you're not in a valley, there's not a mountain on the other side. You're just on the plains. For he sure. said, so there's a mountain coming. You know, I feel like I should be in you know some south, south, uh, uh, some church down south, you know. But, you know, there's a mountain on the other side. If you're um, willing to climb it, though, that's that's the thing with most people. If you're willing to climb well, it. If you're willing to look at that foot in front of you and take it one step at a time, because some people just don't give a shit. They'll quit as soon as it gets hard. Yeah. And, but and, well, it yeah. will get better. That's right. Scott, I wonder if some of that reason is because they're not, and there's some trust and of course, not even religiously, but there's some faith there and just saying, I, and actually I felt like I didn't need much of that because again, it was, I want to say it still did be my dad, but I feel like I had it before my dad. My dad mm-hmm. knew I like I, I was suspended twice in high school. Like I didn't mess around. <gasps> People like I, you know, like if I was grump, like I didn't mess around. I was type A. I was going somewhere. Get out of my way. You know. I mean, I was working on an ambulance. I was an ambulance driver for the volunteer ambulance squad at 18 years old. Oh, wow. I literally was in high school at 18. And I had my radio on my desk in English 30. Are you kidding me? And, and we literally. I don't want to tell you what was on my desk or what wasn't on my desk when I was in grade 12. Oh my God. You know, and oh. we had, there was. I wasn't had, suspended. I was arrested. <laughs> so yeah, you're, you're, so yeah, keep going, Jordy. Well, I just, I, again, I, that come back to this belief that, we aren't an accident and we actually have a plan. You ask the 80 year old to look back at the valleys and he's going to say, he or she's going to say, for the most part, they're going to say, I can see, I can see the reason there. I can see how that contributed to me being awesome today. You know, I can see, you know, we don't like going through hard times, mm-hmm. you know, and we've said it earlier today, you know, Scott said, you know, people don't like to go up the valley, uh, go up the mountain the other side. But I think that's my point of why I wanted to even come on the show is to say, first of all, you know, to at least one listener out there, you ain't an accident, man. And if it sucks right now, stay in the game, stay in the game. And it's not something big. It's just get to work early. Mm -hmm. It's maybe have a couple of more vegetables than you normally do. Maybe instead of as awkward as it is, maybe say to your wife, you know what? I really appreciate you. She's mm-hmm. going to say, have you been drinking? Like, what's your problem? You know, mm-hmm. but why do we now? Again, my pastor life, I'm talking to people when someone's already died and they live in with all this regret. I'm like, why don't you do it now? Yeah, yeah. Like Scott needs to get off this microphone pretty soon and go tell his girls he loves them. Like, I know it's cheesy, da-da, but why don't, 
let's do some stuff that really matters. And, and I actually think in kind of the cosmic way it all works. Okay. I actually say God's economy. Of course I would say that me, but <laughs> when you, when you give, you get, it's the craziest thing. When you coach a soccer team, yeah, you got to give, but somehow you get like, it makes no sense. You're given, but you get, you oh, know, for sure. Absolutely. It's, I agree. It's such a, it's such a beautiful way to live, to just start with the reality of, uh, wait a second, I'm not an accident. I don't have to just exist. I, I'm going to, I am not, I just fought with my friend. I just fought with my brother and I'm, I'm going to drop the pride and I'm actually, instead of being the guy that doesn't talk to his brother for 10 years, like, are you kidding me? You know, you have this fight over your dad's will and now you don't talk to the guy. Okay. The guy dies. Now what? Now what? Mm-hmm. And your kid's uncle just died and you'd have not talked for 10 years. Regret. Don't you think, mm-hmm. you know, your kids are going to look at you. Hey dad, how come you didn't talk to your, to my uncle for 10 years? Oh, that's a really good question. Well, we fought one time over one time. You guys fought over that. You guys couldn't apologize, dad. Can you imagine? You oh, I, I, I've lived it myself, Jordy. Like I've lived it myself. Like there was uh there was a time there. I hadn't spoke with my own father for 16 years. Wow. 16 years. Yeah. And then finally just one day and I'm not a religious person. You can ask Eldon. I'm just, it's not that I don't uh, have any you're respect not, for not, what you you're guys. You're not a jerk. You're not a jerk about it. Uh, yeah. I, I don't, I, I don't. Uh, mm. And it's not like I don't. Um, it, it, it's a lack of understanding. Okay. That's what it is. But, Anyways. Uh, one, well, just one day, basically it was, it was not that long after my first was born. And I said, you know, I, I went downstairs where he was living and I said, hey, listen, despite what our differences are and what you've done to me and our past and everything else, I want to give you a chance. Either you can be a grandpa or not be a grandpa. But just so you know, this step forward, I forgive you for everything. Everything. Now, you just have to make that one little step and show me that you want a second chance. And I'll give it to you 100%. And I said, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be super awkward for you. It's going to be a pain. You're not going to know what to say, not going to know what to do. And you know, and you don't know a lot. You don't know me. You, you've missed out a lot about me, but give you a chance. And it's worked out well. Uh, is it a working progress? For sure. But you know what? He's so grateful for that. And I feel that that gave him more years. He just recently had a heart attack. And I honestly think that had I not given him that chance, had I not given him that opportunity to look forward to things he'd have just died because what's your purpose totally right right. oh you got no purpose whatever you're just going to disappear whatever like the weeds but he had a little bit of purpose you know hey out you know i don't want to go like this i barely know my grandkids i barely know my son i barely know my daughter i want to do a little bit something so you know I, I totally relate to that. I don't think, you know, you hear about these spouses married for 70 years. One dies and a month later, the other one dies. Right. You hear about these dying of a broken heart. Scott, yeah. I totally agree with you. Now, you and I probably get zero out of a million on a medical exam. But I totally believe your statement. My dad, got, I bet you he practically lived longer because he had hope and purpose and a second chance. I 100% believe that. Are we going to fail the medical physical exam? That makes no sense physically. Okay, maybe. But 
I would say to people that fail me, you got rocks in your head. You're not looking at another part of life that's very real, you know, mm-hmm. whether you call it a soul or not. By the way, Scott, you're more religious than you think you are. I, you know, <laughs> here's, here's like the 30 second sermon. If you want to actually use religious words, I think people who get life, like, you know, like Jesus, you got, you got all the Jewish people summarizing the old Testament. You got all these rules. You got 613 actually. Uh, you got to follow, and he's like, no, 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 no. Time out. Six hundred and thirteen rules. Six hundred thirteen. There's a book. Elvin, you book. never told me that. I, I didn't want to. We, we touched in on this whole thing a little uh, bit. We touched Tupac a little bit on it. I didn't, yeah, I, didn't I learned about like Noah and the Ark and all this crazy shit. It's crazy. You can look it up. There's a book called "The, the Year of Living Biblically" by AJ Jacobs. He's a writer in New York for oh, Esquire oh. magazine. I bought the book. Read it twice. And all he's oh, trying to Alan's do. read that book. He's like, it's no, a, I haven't. I don't book. want to. No. But anyway. Oh. No, no, <laughs> all he tries to, my battery's going to go now. What am I going to do? Um, the, the, uh, all he's trying to do is to live all of the laws in the old Testament. That's all he's trying to do. And then he writes about he, for one year, 12 months, uh, he's trying to obey all 613 laws. And he says, he says he, he did it all except one. He's, he didn't stone an adulterer. Okay. <laughs> So he's like, how am I going to do that? Like, I can't go throw rocks in New York City at some guy that had an affair. Like, I can't do that, right? So well, you could. You just yeah, you might did. get arrested. That's right. He did. So he, he tells what? Him, he did? He did. No, but this is what he did. He had a little pebble. Fucking legend. <laughs> That's a rock. It's a rock, he technically. He had, he had this little pebble, and he had it in his hand, and he knew that a guy in his office was, was having an affair, a secret affair, right? So adulterer, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he said he walked down the hallway and as he passed the guy, he just chucked a little pebble on his pant leg. And he said, technically, I've stoned an adulterer. <laughs> technically, I have. Technically. Yeah. Yeah. So he just checked that one off. Check that was his last one and done. But anyways, Jesus shows up and says, no, 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 no. Two things. Love God. Love people. Like it's all, it's, it's, and, and when, I mean, Scott, you've said so many, religious isn't the right word. Jesus didn't even like religious people, you know, people. That's what I'm, you know, that's what I think I'm, I digged him. Like he put, he made wine out of water. If I'm, it, maybe that wasn't something, but no, I no, caught that it, part. You got that part. And you know what? That's a cool trick. And like, it wasn't I just need, the cheap I, wine. It was the good stuff. It was, I know. Like he stuff. made a fucking, he probably made a Bordeaux, uh, like, like Bordeaux, like he, just big. He was, Use the good wine skins, not the yeah. bad wine skins that tells you it's a good stuff. No, you know what? It depends on what they were eating. Like maybe he went with the Zinfandel. <laughs> Could have been. I don't know. What region? I don't know. Anyways, don't know. Uh, Jordy, you were saying, keep going. Yeah, it's just it's so interesting to me. You know, and I, I don't want his battery to die. Yeah. I, I, I should I'm gonna text somebody to get me a cord here. But <laughs> it's it's funny to me how you know I read lots and some of the summaries of religious <sighs> research nowadays is is people are still kind of interested in Jesus and the way he lived because they sense value and they sense purpose and they sense, you know what, you actually listen, you know, but they run from Christians, people who allegedly are following Jesus. Like that's, there's a summary there. People cannot stand being around church folk. Okay. I had a, a coach in hockey say to me one time, Hey, I, why would I want to go to that building if they're producing people like that? He says, I'm not stupid. Uh, yeah, yeah, and he yeah, said, yeah. he said, and second reason, Sunday morning is the only time I actually get to chill with a coffee with my wife. And we just, it's our only, why would yeah. I dress up? And, uh, 
you know. Now, is he totally correct? Okay, obviously not. But you can you get the point. You get the but point. But they do Saturday things, right? Elden, you brought me to a Saturday thing. Yeah. 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 Saturday, Saturday night. And we went to a movie yeah. afterwards. Yeah. yeah. You know what? Oh. That, what did we what did we see? That was probably good. That was a that was a good night. Well that night that night we actually had a debate with the an atheist. And the church you go to, they got a fuck it was yeah, that doesn't matter. It was like it was going cool. to it was going to a show. That's what I was telling you the whole time. Like, dude, you go here every Saturday night. Like, honestly, it's a concert, man. I'm like, people are singing. This is great. This is good shit. I like this. I'm like, and there's no there's no ticket charge. And then all of a sudden, the basket came around. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, right. There's a ticket. No, I knew you, someone who's going to hit me up here sooner or later. <laughs> right. But to Jordy's point, it's like, that's not the important. That's actually not. That is what church is. That's not what Jesus was. Yeah, and, and that's right. And I, I think honestly, if if my perspective of Jesus from the little tiny bits that I know of what I've learned from like people like yourself and and people like the uh, uh, Dalai Lama. Oh wait, just <laughs> Dalai Lama. I don't know him. I, I caddied for him once. I told you about that. Yeah, yeah big hitter, long, but. Uh, yeah, I, I I think he was a bit of a badass rebel. Yeah, and and I want to say that in the nicest way because I don't want to like piss off you know oh, Christian who cares? people. But I would just say that he was probably a lot like I am in some senses of my work, where I'm a bit of an outlier. So I like to test the boundaries. I like to make people think. I like to say, well, just because it was done this way for the last 10 years of engineering doesn't mean that it always has to be done that way. What if we did this? And then people go, Oh, but I wasn't trained. Well, I know you weren't trained that way, but just think about it. Put that, put that right there, put that on shelf, just put a pin in it. And now just look at it every now and then and be like, Oh yeah, you know what? That's, that's not a bad idea. And I feel like maybe that's what Jesus was trying to get to. Maybe he was just a badass, just wanted to, you know, you know, Put a put a pin in a couple things and just kind of you know poke the bear a little bit, see what kind of happened. Uh, you're on. Yeah, like we're Scott, going for a tour. Here. We're going for a tour, man. Like where are you I, taking I, me? I got a power. Hey, you got a nice cord. place. You got a nice. You got place. a power cord, people. We got another few more minutes. We're we're going a little. Oh, long, hey, but that's Elden. a McDavid jersey. You saw that, Elden? Yeah, my, he's rooting I for I the right away. I diverted my, my kids. I'm neutral. I diverted my eyes. I'm trying to plug in. Oh, look at the Eskimos oh, and more Oilers and Oilers and Oil wait, 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 and did Oilers. Wow, well, I'm neutral. <laughs> My if kids you, aren't. Maybe the toilet paper has Flames logo on it. Let's just check this out. I'll send you. I'll send you a roll of mine. <laughs> well, then you better edit this stuff out. <laughs> oh, what's that? Oh, well, technical difficulties. Brady, Brady jersey. Yeah, Brady, Brady jersey. Oh, okay. beauty. Yeah. Beauty. See, he's Elden, sports fan. He's all, he's all about champions. Oh, come on. Don't, don't go Edith. to the champion route. We have Elden. I just make sure you, Elden. Yes, are I you hear editing, you. You're editing this stuff out, are you? Jordy, you Why? will see nothing. We'll have a technical we, glitch. We just guarantee right nothing. We guarantee nothing. It's in our logo. It's in our logo. It's in our website. It's in our thing. We just guarantee ranting and raging and laughter and talking about yeah. sports. But, Jordy, I really appreciate that idea. Like, you know, it's not, it's not. Like, so, so many times we're like, you know, what's your passion? What do you, what's your big goals? What's, you know, who are you and where are you trying to strive? 
You're kind of just yeah. saying, be who you are. Don't like that is actually purpose. Is it am I be early? Well, I'd be early. Be who you are. I well, okay. So, I, and I'm you to your listeners and to you guys. I, I'm saying to you guys, you know, like you could revisit this regularly. You know, people could send in questions and you know, yeah, Instagramers, YouTube. Be who you are. Yeah, yeah, but understand that there's actually something bigger. And of course, my favorite words are cosmic purpose. You know, there really That's is a cool something. Thing. I like that. Cosmic there really purpose, is though. something bigger to your life. You know, and and so on one level, uh, do this will set you off. Do cigars make your body more unhealthy? Yes, but wait a second. When you look at your life in a bigger purpose sometimes you don't die on little hills, you know, sometimes you don't get, you're like, you don't get in the weeds all the time. You just go just a second here. I'm going to have a cigar once in a while and I probably won't die right away. My grandpa farmer, he had fried eggs every day for years. Great and he lived to 92. He Great lived to 92, you know, Protein. he was, he was a happy guy, you know, and that kind For of sure. thing. I, I think that has more to do with it. Like you said, Jordy, he was a happy guy. I think that has more to do with it. You know, I so have a cigar because it makes me happy. Therefore, I'm going to live till, you know, next tomorrow at least. I, you know, I, I almost think the subtitle to Cosmic, like, I just don't think contentment, whatever you want, however you want to summarize it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's going to be listeners, you know, I don't know what your audience is, but all you know, over. It, We're all over. Yeah. There's, there's going to be people out there that are kind of loving life. Uh, but there's going to be people love it. Let's be more specific. There's going to be people loving life and they, they go from, and it's legit. They'll say, no, no, I really enjoy my life, but they're actually going from temporal thing to temporal thing to temporal thing. If I said, why, tell me why you're loving your life. Uh, my, I just got a truck. Awesome. I went to the greatest movie last night. Uh, I had a girlfriend, you know, uh, and two this week, you know, uh, I had, a little more beer, a little more beer than I wanted yesterday. You know, I'm just, I'm just saying, and not, not, I'm not even talking judging. I'm just saying there's people that say they love their life, but it's like the 80 year olds going to, if they could look at that and they're like, dude, you're going to like, you're going from one thing to the next. Like eventually that's going to run out, you know? And, And I'll give you an example to that. My dad sits me down again. He's 81 lives in Victoria. We're tight. And he's, you think I'm a straight shooter. He's, he's, He's a straight shooter. He sits, Papa Ref. he sits me down in Tim Hortons in uh, Shore Park here. He flies in from Victoria and he says, and, he, and whenever he says the word pal, that means shut up and listen. And he, said, <laughs> he said, we're fooling around talking about the grandkids. I like that. And he says, okay, listen, pal. And he gets right to it. He said, he puts a piece of paper and it's his, it's his addendum to his will. My mom's already passed on and it's the additional things that he's adding to his will. And it's all his things. My dad has some pretty cool stuff. Stuff, right? yeah. And it's all that, okay, he wants this grandchild to have this, and he wants this grandchild. It's all typed out. Mm-hmm. Okay? Thorough. And he says, here, Jordy, put it in your safe, whatever you want. But this is all my stuff. When I go, this is who gets what. And then he says this. This is exactly what he said. And my brother lives in Toronto. There's just two of us. He's older than me, but he wasn't there. And he said, if you and your brother fight about any of this stuff, and my dad, you know, would says because none of it goes to heaven; it's all temporal. It's I'm equating that to a truck and to you know beer, like whatever. 
uh, if you're running, if your contentment is based on temporal things that short lived. So my dad's illustrating that for me as his son. And he goes, if you and your brother fight over any of this stuff, in fact, if you wreck your relationship over this stuff, and this is exactly what he said, I am going to come out of my coffin and choke <laughs> you both to death. <laughs> Serious. He's not he literally said, I'm going to come out of my coffin. And I'm going to strangle both of you to death. If you guys wreck your relationship because of stuff, you know, Smart. That's you know, so that's, content. I will be back in 30 seconds. Yeah. I am really sorry. Stand by. You no, you guys keep going. Yeah, we'll keep going. We got to wrap up here quick, but like that's a, that's that's a good point, Jordan. I mean, like, like I don't know, like it's I've done it in the past where you get bent out of shape about something that really, at the end of it doesn't really matter, and it, the what matters is not just the relationship, but um, the the input in not not to have it's not about having the relationship, it's about having input into the relationship like the the true like okay i'm married or my my good buddy if i don't do just because i have a marriage or just because i have a good buddy if i don't if i'm not actually involved i'm not aware i'm not present i'm not you know eating dinner with my wife and my kids well then i'm not really living my life i'm just i have another thing i have another title but uh the ability to to like it's meaningful for our family to sit down and I have a one-year-old and I have a 19-year-old and I have a 21-year-old and so when I'm sitting down my there's something special that we have as a family where we can take this moment and just enjoy food together that is special that's a there's something that will have a long-term effect not only on my relationship now but our relationship as a family moving you know decades down the road that is that to me that's like a kind of similar to what you're talking about is is there's a there's a that presence that cosmic purpose that is bigger than just the moment and that there's meaning behind that and it it actually eldon it actually dispels regret you know not that we have things not that we are don't have, we're not perfect people you know you know the seven deadly sins have you ever heard about them you know I saw the, movie, the movies rap, there, eh? right? Yeah. I literally just to, good remind, movie. to literally remind myself of kind of an aspect to humanity. I literally went through every deadly sin and I said, every single one of them, I'm very good at. Like, right. really, if you actually do that, it's quite, it, it's tough for the soul. But what it does is it puts you in a very humble position to say, just a second here, I, I ain't perfect, you know? And not that we don't do regrettable things, but when things are regrettable, when you are still living in kind of a bigger reason, that doesn't mean you're, you know, like guys at work, if they're listening to this right now, it doesn't mean you go hug your, like, let's not get all silly guys. You know, it, it just means, you know, maybe, maybe remembering that what you're doing, you, it's a, it's a step along the way. Like you might not, Oh, I shouldn't be working here. I shouldn't be. No, maybe it's, maybe you're, maybe you're actually doing something right, but it's just along the way. It's just part of the journey. You know, it's just part of the journey and you're learning, man. Things come and go. You know, I had a psychologist tell me one time, he said, it, life is kind of like a, a transit city transit bus that you kind of, and you're the bus. You're like, 
or you're on the bus anyways, and the buses travel around to different places and people get off and on, off and on, off and on, you know, things happen, things get, things get given, get taken away, you know, and it, it allows you, you know, right away, the stress comes off a little bit because you're like, you know what, I'm going to hold things a little more lightly. You know, it doesn't turn you into some guy nerd where you got to cuddle with everybody all the time. I'm not talking about that. Like we're got like do stuff, right. fight. We get angry. Fight. We don't cry. It's, My, it, I got, yeah, I got a 21 year old, a 19 year old and a 15 year old. They take their shirts off and go to the backyard and they're, they have at it. Let me tell you, you know, I know another set of uh, family that they're a little ahead of us. They had a rule. And they're like, they did the same thing, go to the backyard and they just go to town. And the rule was they take their belts off and they whip each other. <laughs> and their rule was if as soon as you bleed, you're out. Last one to bleed is the winner. Uh, right? Man, I'm okay. glad I have girls. So now that might be a regrettable thing. I'm not encouraging violence. But what I'm <laughs> trying to illustrate is, is, you know, just kind of be who you are. That doesn't mean you make mistakes. But but I just wonder if sometimes we are actually doing the right thing, but we think we're losers. You know, you're at, you're just on the journey, man. Like you're doing fine. Give yourself a break. You know, enjoy life. Say hi to people. Live lightly. Encourage your kids. High five your wife and say, man, we're on the same team. I'm not fighting with you. Like we're on the same team. We want the same thing. I want a 40-year-old child that's that's looking after my grandkids. We're on this. We're going the same road. We don't need to scrap ever. You know? That's cool, man. That's it just awesome. gives you a different way to look at things, and and um, I'm just so thankful for you know. Thanks for having me. I'm just I'm so thankful for you know the all the experiences that I've had, and and yet uh, I feel responsible. You know, I'm I'm thankful for this voice too. But uh, in the different settings that that I'm at, I you know again even if when I'm up in the press box at Rogers Place, I was there last night. You know, and and uh, now pre COVID days the the players would be up there as well if they weren't, you know, the playing. Scratches, right. Oh, like the injured reserve. Yeah. All those guys, they would be up there. They're not up there now. They're in a right. section. We're all separated and it's very COVID. The NHL's done a fabulous job in keeping everybody healthy. They really and, have, you know, yeah, it's been amazing yeah. with what they've been able to accomplish, you know, but you know, all of us, you know, I'm just using Rogers place. All of us, we all have a purpose and, and, you know, even Ron, like during non-COVID, Ron is the elevator guy. Ron works the elevator at Roger's place. He takes us from level zero to level eight in like real fast. And uh, we enter the bottom. We go through all the screening. We go into the elevator and there's Ron. Hey, Ron. You know, Ron's not less than us. Ron's a really mm -hmm. great guy. Ron has a Correct. story. If we yeah. had time, Ron would have the most interesting story. Mm -hmm. You know, wow. on this broken planet, oh, imperfect as it is, I think my biggest regret is to me, life's to me, life's like a tease. It's like, you know, for example, Eldon, I know you a little bit, but so I meet Scott tonight. Well, now I hang up in a few minutes and I I'll do what I always do. And I'll be like, man, good guy. There's more there. I think I could hang out. Like I, I just do that constantly. I just don't go, Oh, get me out of here. Now what am I going to, I'm going to sit on the couch. I'm going to watch a movie. No, like I don't have time for that. Like I want to, and yet I'm introverted. Go figure. I'm not extroverted. I if you see me in Starbucks by myself, leave me alone. I'm fine. I'm not lonely. Like I'm doing good, right? But that gives me gas to be able to reconnect and just join people's journeys, you know? Mm -hmm. Instead of making a list of all these regrets, like, okay, 
you might have to say sorry to somebody because if it involves somebody else, you might have to apologize. Like, let's be honest, right? But man, oh, I'm in the wrong job. I'm in the wrong... Okay, stop thinking that. Stop thinking that. Just, just stay where you are for a bit. Get in tune with the bigger reason. And you might go, you know what? I got to stick it around for a while because I'm learning how to be... You, you might be a great mechanic, but you suck at arriving to work on time. So maybe you just got to stay there for another year and practice getting to work on time. Yeah. Because, of course, I would say, God, I think you're being prepared for the next job that really needs you to be on time. Like, you don't know. You know what? That's so true. That's so true. I, I, I live this and like exactly what you were saying there. I lived that. I had a job. I was, uh, I was very young. I was in a uh, more of a supervisor role, but I worked my ass off, but I played hard. And sometimes <laughs> when I played really hard and it, and it was, uh, it was right among the time where I met my wife and she worked very, very late evenings. And I was such a good boyfriend. I would work all day, do two jobs, and then I would go to where she worked to be there after she got off work to pick her up, just to chat with her, have a little bit of a coffee, hot chocolate normally. And, and then I would be late for work or I'd just be like dog tired and be like, Hey, you know what? I'm using one of my sick days. And finally, you know what? It came time where I needed to ask for a leave of absence. I wanted to go on a special trip. My grandfather was dying. He wanted me to go with him back to Europe, to go say bye to the family, all this. And I told him, I said, hey, listen, I got all these guys trained up. Everything's good. I'm going to plan to go to slow time. Give me this month off, right? Leave of absence. They said no. I ended up getting fired. Got fired for wanting to ask for that time off. But I was also not a great employee. I was not a great employee. I wasn't showing up on time. wasn't doing all this. I did great when I was there. And I was there, I was just killing it, overtime, all, all of this thing, right? But it was the inconsistency, right? Then I went, traveled Europe for a while, came back, got a job in oil patch where being on time was not only necessity, other people depended on you. Like you, you were a crew, people depended on you. If you weren't there, they were shorthand, they got hurt. Yeah. So it was... You needed to be there. Stoner drunk, you need to be there. <laughs> right. So that trained me for that. And you know what? From that day, it's so funny. I've said this a tons to, to close friends of mine, but I have not had a sick day, missed a day at work, or anything in over 15 years. Hmm. And I've been like actually ill sick like i've been actually kind of fortunate like i've been ill sick maybe three days in the last 15 years but have i taken great cigars, care of myself absolutely i've been taking great care of myself yet every single day one puff one drink I, my body is a temple but everything's in moderation but i <laughs> i totally hear you on that comment though it's it's steps and, and a close friend of mine he said to me, he's like, it's really interesting, all the things you've done. And when I think of back in my careers and all the places I've worked, all the things I've done, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I've done a lot of shit. I've been in a lot of different situations. I've, I have a lot of work experience. 
And it's great because I was on a bus that was on the milk run. And I feel like I'm on the milk run, but I feel like I'm in a place right now in my career where, you know, am I at where I wanted to be in the, my career, where I thought I would be? No, absolutely not. I, I would say, nope, not there. But am I kind of happy right there where I'm at? Do I, do I feel great every day when I walk, when I walk into the office and I go shoot the shit with my boss and I, and I, and I make racial jokes at him? because he's of the minority and he laughs back. Absolutely. I love it. I love the people I'm around. I feel loved. And that's sometimes you got to just take those small things. Even if you're in a place where you think that you kind of shouldn't be where you feel like, well, maybe you're better or, or whatever, just, you know, Jordy, I think you were trying to get it. Like be, be a little more aware, be a little bit more aware that, you know, shit could be worse. Uh, but all, obviously, if you just take into account all those little small things of why you're even there, you'll start to be a little more it. grateful. Yeah, yeah, you'll be a bit more grateful. I think Eldon probably taught me the most about that, about being about being grateful. Uh, you know, through our years of friendship, you know, he's been uh, through some some big ups and downs too in his life, right? But how he's handled it through being grateful and through being generous with his time and all of this kind of taught me a lot as well. Right. So yeah, it's, it's, it's quite an amazing thing. It's like you said, this, uh, what did you call it? You call it some sort of cosmic journey or cosmic cosmic purpose, purpose. cosmic purpose. I love that shit. That is great. So Jordy, the book comes out when, yeah, when's and- the cosmic, pur- cosmic purpose is going to be, <laughs> Is a, this is this is a book in the in the making. And Jordy, if you don't write that book, we will, and we'll don't, we'll, we'll don't ever talk write, to me again. We'll write. You can write our cover. We'll just steal your ideas. You can refer back to this. The world to us brings later. on cosmic purpose. I hey, like the ring. Before I go, what what's the against the world? What's the against? The guys, against is are you guys us, mad at something? No, we're like oh, back yeah, to back. Totally, we're back to back supporting yeah. each other against yeah. the world that comes at us. We are trying. We're trying to beat off all the all the Cathys of the world. All the Cathys just to gotta stop those Cathys. And people are gonna be like, "Well, oh, that's so sexist." And it's like, no, 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 no. it's not we, sexist. We honestly, women. it's there is, ton of, there is a ton of Cathys out there that are men that are like wearing those pants, blue collared men that are Got total Cathys. Kathy thing. I can't mm, believe yeah. you brought up. Oh, the you Kathy. triggered Eldon. Oh, hold on. Wait, hold I'm gonna stand. Let me set that soapbox there. Anyways, no, I don't. <laughs> no, the the, the, the against the world is we we it started. I was listening to a podcast in November, and the guy I was listening to was ranting about something, and I was okay. I don't want to say his name because I like the, he was a comedian. I like him, but I was thinking like hey, it's okay. You know how I want to hear it on this subject is Scotty. Like then then it dawned on me. It's like oh man, I'd love to hear Scotty talk versus this guy talk. We should start a I don't podcast. Understand why? I have no idea why. Because you're I like listening to you. Don't don't ask why. I'm just, I'm just not a well spoken person. I'm just so glad that Jordy came on the show. I know he's smarter it's than everybody. So great here. to listen to. So then, the long story short of it is this: when I was thinking about, well, it's just it's just Scott and I against not knowing how to do this, and that's where it kicked in. Where it's like, yeah, two dads against the world. We don't know how to do anything. We're gonna go back to back, and we'll figure this thing out. So we just bring in people. We're we're not angry against the world. We're just trying to support each other against the things that come at us. 
what is the what's the what's the animal again that's back there that that Han Solo was riding and it died? What was that called? That's the called Tauntaun? That, that thing? Ta- ta- what is it called? That Tauntaun? thing right there? Yeah. The Tauntaun. Tauntaun. Okay, so I'm your Tauntaun. <laughs> as long as I'm on top. And when I die, I give you permission. You can cut me open and you can stay warm inside of me. Thanks, man. That's really weird and gross. Okay, welcome. that's a good way to end the show with Cosmic Purpose. <laughs> Jordy, I can't thank you enough for joining us. We didn't even get into those hard questions about NHL stuff that I had ready for you. We're going to have to bring you on sometime in the future. Who knows when, but we'd love to have you back sometime. Hope you can come back. This was a great uplifting podcast. I really like that. Yeah, thanks very much, Jordy. Absolute pleasure to be here. You guys are fabulous people, and I wish you all the best in your journey. Look forward to connecting again sometime. You bet, Jordy. Thanks again. See you guys later.